0: Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Gapone. This is Lynn manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network.
1: Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.
2: Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens. Bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens. Brown paper packages tied up with strings.
3: These are a few of my favorite
2: things. Happy Throwback Thursday, everybody.
3: I hope you're having a great week, everyone.
2: I'm having a wonderful week. Kevin, how's your week going so far?
3: You know what? It's a beautiful day outside. (laughs) I'm loving the nice weather. We're going outside a lot, taking lots of walks. Love it.
2: That's great. I would love to go outside, but I have a little bit of a problem, and let me tell you what the problem is. So, here's the problem. I got a copy of a new book. The book is called A Wonderful Guy by the great Eddie Shapiro, who's our guest today. And uh, I thought, okay, I will go and I'll just I'll, I'll read the introduction and I'll start to skim through it. <laughs> and of course, three hours later, I finished totally. the entire book. So I have missed a beautiful day, but I've gotten so much knowledge in return. Uh, for those of you that uh, don't know Eddie's work, you're probably familiar with his, his big work that came out before this, which is Nothing Like a Name, which is a fantastic book that came out in 2014. Yeah. Yeah where he interviews all of these wonderful Broadway divas and there are so many different books out there but this is one that you need to have on your shelf. You you've read it Kevin, right?
3: We've talked Oh yeah. Uh, I mean you could say it's like part of the inspiration for why we started the podcast because and, you know Eddie goes into their home, he gets the real story, the real good stuff and the book is we'll talk about this but it's for me you, it's it's reads like an interview. So you really yeah. get insight uh and it's not just opinions and it's not just his his point of view but it's actually the point of view of these artists themselves which makes it so special
2: and the artists come off as so candid and so unfiltered it's really and we're going to talk to eddie about that but thank god eddie has written a follow-up in some ways to this first book the new book is called a wonderful guy and it's following the great broadway leading men um of the past 30 or 40 years or so from joel gray to christian borrell it's fantastic and and also unfiltered very honest and a really nice job of encapsulating modern musical theater and getting some nice scholarship on that as well so i'm 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 done praising the book for now we'll be praising it throughout this interview but we're happy to bring on with us the author of these two incredible books the great eddie shapiro eddie
0: how are you today I'm overwhelmed by the introduction. Is how I am. Uh, A, you refer to me as great multiple times. B, <laughs> you said that you read the book in three hours, and I'm like, how the hell did he do that? And C, I am. Uh, you said that the, the my the first book and you know inspired this podcast in some ways, which is um, both lovely and um, and scary as hell because you know <laughs> your li- your listeners might be like you know coming for me now
2: so (laughs) let him let him eddie the i mean the books are fantastic we're going to focus on a wonderful guy today because it's it's the newest one that just came out and folks if you click into our uh episode description you can find a link to go and buy it on amazon that way you can have your own copy of it as well yes um so eddie let's talk a little bit about you though first where did you grow up when did you first fall in love with theater
0: I grew up in New York City, um, and I was very lucky to be taken to the theater from a very, very, very small age. My First Broadway show? My first Broadway show was actually The Magic Show, um, inauspicious, with, you know, Stephen Schwartz musical starring Doug Henning. But I also, in short order, like right in that same year, I also saw St. Joan starring Lynn Redgrave when I was five. My mother (laughs) asked me the question. She said, so you know, what did you think? Um, And she says, and, and, you know, she's not a reliable reporter, so I can't necessarily say that this quote's accurate, but she says that uh, I said I didn't understand a word of it, but I loved every minute. Sounds about right. And I do have the playbill, so I know I was there.
2: Yes, (laughs) there's proof. There's proof. Man. And did you have any desire to get on stage yourself at some point after seeing? Absolutely,
0: absolutely. I was an actor for many years. I trained mm-hmm. at his School of the Arts, and um, and I was I was I'm not even a frustrated actor. I was quite happy doing it. Um, I just um, uh, I mean it's too long of a story to get into, but I, I did. Pause um, for a minute while I was out in l a um, and I started working for the AIDS walk out there uh, because I was sort of called to um not by Jesus or anything, but by <laughs> literally a phone call. Um, and um, uh, and I ended up staying, not knowing that it was going to be as good a match of person to job as it was. so I ended up in the event world, but still obviously kept my 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 heart and at least my keyboard in the world of the theater.
2: Love that! All right, so Eddie, you've had this amazing career of seeing so many wonderful shows. What is in your top three that have you? That
0: yeah, seen? <laughs> that's a terrible <laughs> question. The
3: old top three question. The old
2: top three. Um,
0: but but uh, I'll even to
2: Eddie. I'll even take a performance that is so iconic it still stays with you to this day. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. no i can get i can actually give you a top three um although it is the top three of today meaning that like you know this has everything oh, yes. what i've eaten and if the moon is in sagittarius or whatever <laughs> but um uh i'd say the original michael bennett production of dream girls blew me away like <gasps> like nothing else and i i mean i remember where i was sitting i remember line readings like it's that mm-hmm. you know in, in in embedded in my brain um uh also, the original production of Ragtime um, mm-hmm. um, blows me. Uh, uh, is profanity okay here? Absolutely, oh, yeah. we're blows not at me yes. A fuck away! That oh uh, yeah. Ragtime, just Jesus Christ. And um, and uh, if we're going for classics, um, uh, it's My Fair Lady. Just the construction of My Fair Lady um, and the score is 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 stunning to me. Although King and I is a close second. Um, and also, I know you only said three, but I I can't not say Chorus Line because it's Chorus right.
2: Line. Yeah, great, good choice. All good choices. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. so Eddie, what inspired you to write? Uh, is it okay if I call them a series of books that one's focused on on female? I women can women?
0: because there's a third one coming, so there's that that is officially a series. Wait That's a okay
2: cool. now. Wait a minute. Can you tell us what the third one is? Can you? I hit can. That? I great. can.
0: Um, uh, this is probably getting ahead, but but I handed in the manuscript for a wonderful guy on June 1st of 2020, and when I handed in that manuscript, um, I thought to myself, okay. We're in this pandemic. I need function and I need purpose um, rather than just you know accruing a big Netflix wish list um, so um, I, I decided to write another volume on the women because there were um, uh, more women uh, out there that I wanted to hit and I broke my own rule uh, for the first two books I insisted on um, doing these only in person um, right. but with the pandemic I said all right now I'm gonna allow this to happen via zoom not just because that's the only way we can do it but also so I thought, I'm available, but so are all of these actors. What made these last two books take so long was scheduling. Um, and uh, <laughs> really because I'm bi-coastal, because they're working, because these conversations go on for hours and hours and hours. So it's frequently multiple sessions. So doing it via Zoom made it made it um, possible. to to. So I'm now ha- halfway through a next volume. Oh, C-
2: can, can you tell us anybody who's going to be included in the next volume?
0: I can. I can tell you that people like... Jesse Mueller and Kelly O'Hara and Carly mm. Carmelo and Judy Kuhn and Karen Olivo. Um, uh, are in there, and then there are a couple of holdovers from the last book, mm. the most notable of which is Barbara Cook. You finally um,
3: I, get to put it in there. You get I to finally get use to it. it
0: <laughs> yep, I had done a Barbara Cook interview that I was. She was actually the inspiration for Nothing Like a Dame. Listening to her stories in in her in her cabaret set, um, and I really wanted to 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 capture them. So she was the inspiration. But then when it came time to publish, she had decided to do her own autobiography. So she asked me not to include. The chapter, um, oh. but now that that book has sort of run its course, her book, um, I did get permission from her son to run this chapter, which I think is a most excellent chapter.
2: That's mm. incredible! Incredible. That's okay, Eddie. So I'll go back. I'm sorry, I got off topic. So I'll go back to the first question, which was, what was the inspiration at the beginning? Of all I of just told you <laughs> <laughs> to, to, to go back and get. Well, okay, but no, okay. So let me ask you this: so a uh, concert. She so told she, great stories. Okay, so she she's up there every night telling her stories. There's tons yeah. of interviews with her. Why did you feel like that you needed to codify that and put uh, that out there?
0: Because I always felt, and thank you that, that 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 is in fact the excellent question that leads us <laughs> to the right place. Um, uh, I always felt like there were never enough. You'd sit there in in a in a in a for example, a Barbara Cook concert and she tell some great anecdote about being in the room with Leonard Bernstein or what Julie Stein said to her as she was walking on stage. And it's just enough to get you, you know, a, I mean, it's like watching a uh, uh, preview um yeah. and you're like i want i want the whole movie you right, know right, right. Um, so um i i would hunger and you know you'd read uh, you point out that there are plenty of interviews out there but no matter what i read you read a story in playbill or in the arts and leisure section or whatever and it's something it's usually related to the most current project but it never dives in with the depth that i wanted um so the uh one of the the real um um decisions I guess um that I made about this book uh, from the get-go is that I wanted career encompassing conversations these were that's how these were going to be different from anything that I had read before I wanted to cover Mm -hmm. every single show that people had done um, and I also really um wanted to focus on and this was some of my criteria and who to choose for these books but people who had full careers in musical theater so people like Julie Andrews I mean we all love Julie Andrews of course but Julie Andrews does a couple of musicals and goes off to a different kind of career didn't qualify or people like Alan Cumming, who obviously iconic in, right. in, in, um, in, in cabaret, but cabaret and three penny opera may mark his two Broadway musicals. So not what I was looking for, you know, a full yeah. career on the musical stage.
2: So let's talk a little bit about a wonderful guy. And I'm so taken by the dedication of Of the book, can you walk us through the who you dedicated this book to?
0: Thank you for noticing that um, and I, some of them are probably because i was I was sort of um tricky and only using first names um, but I felt so strongly that there this book I grew up. Reading and pouring over books like this one, um, and and pouring over liner notes of cast albums that I would get from the libraries, yeah. um, and these were my 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 holy materials. Um, Uh, So there are iconic people who I didn't get to uh, because they died um, before I had the opportunity. So that first book is dedicated to the likes of Ethel and Mary and Pearl and Gwen and Gertrude and Dolores, and this one um, to people like... uh john and richard um and robert uh, and Mm. i'm talking about john rate and richard kiley and robert preston and alfred drake um, and john mcmartin who had actually said yes Mm. to being in this book and then died before i got to interview him Um, uh, but so the people who passed that 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 make up the legacy not just for me and my passion but are are the the mentors for all of the men who appear in the book Exactly. And
2: not only is it dedicated to them, but it's also dedicated to all of those that might have been included mm-hmm. in this book yes. had a plague not gone through.
0: Yes, I- Thank you for mentioning that, and I feel strongly about that too. You know, there are actors like David Carroll, um, who God knows what kind of work he would have continued to do. Um, he was my
3: favorite, my all-time favorite. Really, my absolute favorite voice, favorite performer. Uh, yes, uh, every time we,
0: we bring him up on the podcast, I'm a happy person. I'm and sorry I didn't interrupt you, Eddie. I just no, no, not interrupt away because I'll <laughs> babble. I don't know if you've noticed. Um, uh, talking very recently to Judy Cune about about him and how um, you know Judy. Kuhn will you know will well up in tears just at the mention of his name because um she he was such an ideal leading man to work with and so generous on stage i mean so people mm. like that um that we lost and then there's a third part of the dedication too as you know which is those who are yet to come um because i remain ever hopeful that there is a generation out there um, who will um uh if not my future volumes be somebody's future volumes
2: yes Oh, that's such a great way of looking at it. So when did you start? What was your first interview for this book? And what year did that take place?
0: Uh, For this one, for for Wonderful Guy... Uh, I started with Norm Lewis um, because he Mm -hmm. was because Norm Lewis is a friend of mine, so he was like the easiest ask. I mean, literally, (laughs) hates talking. (laughs) Yeah, hates talking. (laughs) But literally, I was like at his house, and I'm like, I'm turning this on, and we're going to start. Like it was just sort of, um, but um, uh, uh, and it started. I I want to say 2016 was the first interview, and then I, you know, but I sort of then was not. I will tell you a a confession here. Um, I slowed down on, on this book. I did not have it for whatever reason. I wasn't driven to just go, go, go with it until one day I woke up and I was, Um, and then I was, and I was suddenly ready to attack it and ready to dive in. And I can't tell you what the differential was, but, but I was suddenly ready. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah.
2: Did yeah. you have that, that light-up moment, not during the pandemic, before that, right?
0: oh yeah 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 um it was i want to say you know right when i you know i started doing interviews again in earnest um and i honestly don't remember the date but the interviews are all dated in the book so yeah. you can tell I love that. Uh, if you if you look you, you can look where they suddenly start fluttering yes. in again <laughs> right <laughs> found
2: it who was the hardest person to get for a wonderful guy
0: uh, the well, the hardest ones, the ones who said no. Um, but, um, and I'll tell you, you know there there are a couple who I courted very, very hard um and inexplicably said no. Um,
2: uh, Kevin, why did you say no to Eddie?
0: <laughs> you know what? The numbers of men who've said no to me there it is good company um, but uh no the um the 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 one that I, that So so there's one who I really wanted And I knew I wasn't going to get And that was Nathan Lane Mm -hmm. um, Because uh, Nathan Lane is What is that word I'm looking for? An asshole Um, (laughs) So so I knew Nathan Lane was not And in fact when I asked Nathan Lane This question in in person I asked him about this book And he said "Uh, No and I said, literally with that tone, and I said, well, you know, perhaps I'll, I'll leave a copy for you with your publicist and you have nothing like a dame and you can take a look. And and he said, uh, no. Wow. And I said, yeah, it was literally that. And I tried with flowers. I tried, I mean, I have full, mm. full courtship, mm. but you know, I wasn't really expecting it, but two people who I really, really wanted to, who, um, who, who, for actually three come to mind, both, um, Danny Burstein and Brian D'Arcy James, mm-hmm. um, uh, both I courted hard, and and in um, uh, but neither one is 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 super comfortable talking about themselves. Huh. I mean, though know, Bra- Dar- Danny Burstein writes, but he's very much in control of the narrative. Yeah. Um, so um, right. uh, so they weren't great about talking with them about themselves. And Andre DeShields was somebody who I courted hard, and ultimately said that he thought about you know he really thought about it, and he's like you know I'm not really. Interested in being something that celebrates the cult of personality. Um, and I thought, well, he's either I've misrepresented this book or he's misunderstanding this book, but in any event, he's passing. So okay. they passed. Fascinating.
2: Eddie, you were making direct reach outs to these people, or did you have yeah. to go through channels? Okay. Okay.
0: I reach out directly because I have had to take nothing away from all of the good people who work very, very hard to be representatives um, when you are not offering money, which I am not. These people aren't especially invested in in, in, in my needs um, and, um, uh, and having that middle person um, is frequently uh, more cumbersome than needs to be the case. Sometimes, occasionally People will ask me to start out talking to their rep, and then we ultimately end up one-on-one. But more often than not, it's just one-on-one, which um, it helps knowing people who are willing to uh, to, to put in a, a word on my behalf or whatever, so that yeah, you know, because I, they don't know me from Adam. But
3: right, right, right. <laughs> Of course, No, it helps when you have
0: another book, and you you know that you've got certainly little, helps. You know, that does that help. There.
2: No, that that yeah. totally helps.
0: Um, yeah. And the fact that I put out also helps a lot. Um,
2: that's great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> puts that in with the with the original yeah. request, which is such a smart.
0: Really Kevin, to be... help me get to people. <laughs> <the laughs> <Stritch. Like>, yeah.
2: <laughs> you hear that, Kevin? This is I know, how Bob, he, to you have to be getting You got to, to work people. harder.
0: Work harder. No, this nobody
2: is, wants on. to see me. They'll see you first. Um, so you have 19 guys in this book, right? Yes. Do you think that there might be? Uh, a sequel to this book down the road the same way that you have for Nothing Like a Dame? Or do you feel like you've covered... The guys you need know. to cover.
0: I don't know. I mean, look, if 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 Andre DeShields or Danny Burstein or or um, uh, Brian Darcy James changed their minds, then yes, of course I would be right on top of that and I would justify right. another book for the for for it. Um, but um, it's true that people that when I did nothing like a dame, people like Stephanie Block and Jesse Mueller and Karen Olivo wouldn't have qualified for that first mm. book and do now. No. So who knows yeah. what's coming down the pike? Do you think with
2: all the guys that you've interviewed? For for this book there's there's a thread that runs through all of them or there's something that's consistent i know when you were talking about your your uh nothing like a dame you said insecurity seemed to be something that ran through all of the women yes, the and book.
0: where did you read that playbill yeah there's oh, a brief I said encounter okay interesting because i was like i was like that's what i was gonna say here and i was like you already know the answer <laughs> thanks for we doing did our homework. research <laughs> we, we hacked
2: into your computer we, we've seen email yeah. we know uh,
0: but is, perfect... is, it the,
2: is it the same thing for the guys as well as it was for the dames?
0: Um, yes, with with another element to it. Um, uh, so insecurity, and I say that in the best possible way. You know, I don't think of insecurity as a as a uh, pejorative word. I think insecurity is is real, mm-hmm. um, and um, and a willingness to show insecurity is real. But it just surprised me so much, and nothing like a dame particularly because. I hadn't done, you know, that that was the first one. Um, and thinking about all of these people who have really hit the pinnacle, made it to the top, have Tony Awards, and yet they still have these insecurities. The men, same deal, but also I will add to that that the men were, funnily enough, or perhaps not so, um, uh, far more candid about money. Mm. People talked about finances much more um, than really? the women did. Well, yeah. yeah
2: finances so, in terms of like what they're getting paid or finances in terms of
0: uh well a little of that but more about the realities of the business in terms of its re- remuneration um uh mm-hmm. when you're i mean one of the 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 most if you've read it, you already know this story, but um, uh, one of the most striking things that that hit me the hardest was hearing uh, Norbert Leo Butts, two-time Tony Award winner, Norbert Leo Butts, say that um, uh, the realities of business are such that he cannot afford to do new musicals anymore Mm -hmm. because you spend so much time working, workshopping, doing presentations, playing out of town, years where you make no money. And then a musical like Big Fish, that's what we were talking about at the time opens for three weeks that's when you're supposed to finally get the payoff Mm -hmm. and you don't and he's got kids at home or you know you also if you read it you read will chase's chapter where he is so so frank about having familial responsibilities the money that he can make on television and that being just a very very real consideration no matter how much he Mm -hmm. loves the theater Um, So a lot of people talking about that kind of thing. Although flip side of that is I sort of made an assumption by the time I got to Jonathan Groff that he was sort of not doing stage work uh, as much as some of the others because of money and fame and, you know, and career stuff. And he that's not what he says. He says, you know, uh, he actually is very happy and, and, and comfortable, you know, uh, it's amazing how much, uh, Christoph will pay for. Um, uh, but so that that gave him the opportunity to work in all different mediums. And he really liked the challenge of, of bouncing around between them. Um, so it, it wasn't just money with him. Um, but I'm going to say just money again, that sounds pejorative. Um, but, but, but it was a, a theme that surprised me the candor with which people talked about the realities of the business in terms of money
2: yeah what do you, what surprised you the most about or what interview surprised you the most surprised. Or you had a preconceived notion about the person going into yeah, the room. And, right,
3: but so completely a, different Which when you get to know them. And you go to their homes too, which is wild that you actually see. You know, when we've done interviews with some of our legends, it's when we get to, you know, do it a resume, it's one thing, but when you walk in their house and you're a gay,
0: sort of you really are immersed in it a little bit more I feel it's 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 lovely that they trust me that way um the people who 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 probably surprised me the most um Christian Borel is so smart Mm -hmm. um and um and such a um thinker um and a careful thinker um and uh you know when he's antic on stage, you sort of think, I mean, you hear this all the time about comics, so it really shouldn't surprise us, but you know, you hear that Lucille ball was not especially funny off of screen. We hear it all the time, but still I was surprised because I, I expected a different kind of energy and his energy completely warm, lovely, not, you know, but, but just not, not trying to entertain me, not trying to be funny, you know? And so that was a surprise. Um, uh, and perhaps less of a surprise. Sometimes also going along with surprise, or sort of when 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 people do present exactly as you. Hope they will, you know, like Angela Lansbury making me tea or Elaine Stritch being, you know, cantankerous as all hell. Um uh Michael Server is sort of, you know, sitting on the couch super close and talking really quietly you know, <laughs> back and forth with I mean it's just it's it's that's it's exactly what, how I expect right. It's to be. what you'd
3: hope
2: for
0: <laughs> and it's and it's and it's magical. Oh, you God, know,
3: I love it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, oh, uh, Kevin, do you want and to? I see, uh, yeah, how, yeah, sorry, and I wonder if that's how. Yeah, and I imagine that's the conversation. No,
3: no, no. It's so good, <laughs> Rob. Such good questions. No. But I, I imagine then. I, that must be a way that you get some of these deeper truths out of them too. Because what impressed me is that, you know, we know from these doing interviews as well that you can ask like the nice things, but you, you, you do ask some of the questions that uh, pertain to the darker things too. I mean, you know, Ben Vereen, you know, you, you had to, you know, you're going to talk about some, some things that happened in his life that aren't so wonderful. Now, do you, do you plan on that? Do you let the conversation naturally go that direction or do you know, you're going to ask them about like some of the more
0: serious things in their, I always know that I'm not going to shy away from anything, Great. Um, but that's how I am all the time. I mean, that's how I am on a date.
3: <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, yeah. and, and an interview
0: actually as well. So it's good. <laughs> Why I am single by the way, but, um, <laughs> but, um, uh, uh, you hear I hear that folks, you hear that? Okay. Right, exactly. <laughs> swipe <laughs> right for Eddie, swipe uh, right for Eddie. But, um, uh, I, I, th- feel like I will always take the temperature of the room and see what I can get away with. Um, But, um, and it's never, it's never thinking about, the gotchas, it's because I'm never going for a gotcha. It's about the, are you comfortable enough to go here? Yeah. Um, and, um, I get asked that question a lot, you know, how do you get them to open up so much? And I can't be objective about the answer. I can only say that, um, I'm, I'm lucky enough that they do. Yes. And I, and, and I'm incredibly grateful for their trust and their candor because, um, uh, they really, Bar none. Um, everybody who's appeared in both of these books has been so so generous with their their stories.
3: And other than Barbara, you know, did any and that was for a good reason because she had her own book coming out. Did anybody uh, you know say you know what? I'm sorry, the, the chat we had. I can't. I don't want you to publish that because uh, yeah. we've had that with we've had that once or twice with interviews and um, and that we were surprised. But it was they, they yeah, just on I, second you know, thought pulled back. I, I
0: don't I don't mind saying it out loud um, because I'm angry. At- <laughs> but, uh, but I don't mind saying it out loud Because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to convince her Otherwise, um, and I can't be inside Of her head, but I did a full chapter on Christine Ebersole um, And um, she Read it, she asked to read it And I, I will always give people that opportunity Because I want to make sure that they feel If they want it um, That they feel like the what they've said That I've captured it in the way they want to represent Not because we're whitewashing But because Sometimes in a conversation, especially you know, I spent 14 hours with Patty Lapone. That gets edited into a chapter, and when it's edited, sometimes it doesn't right. necessarily read in in exactly the way she intended. So, anytime somebody wants to read it, I am happy to share that um, and 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 take their notes. Um, and Christine Ebersole's response was that she was not, she did not feel that she was coming off as intelligently as she wanted to, um, and I tried hard to, uh, convince her to, well, then let's, 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 let's fix that. Um, she didn't want to go back. She didn't want to do it. So I have this fully done chapter, which by the way, I think she sounds plenty intelligent in, um, but she, she didn't want me to run it.
3: And
2: Mm -hmm. like you said, everyone who, after you've put the chapter together, do they have final approval over what goes into that book?
0: If they ask for it, if they Um, ask for it. Right. So there there are a few people like I said I don't say no to anybody who asks, but there are plenty of people who don't ask. And then when when people don't see their own chapters, I send them stuff if I think it's incendiary. I'll send them a note that says, "By the way, Patty Lapone, you said I did this. I said you said this this and this. Are you sure you want these things in print?" And she said, "Sure." <laughs> of
3: course she did. Yes, she did. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Did you find the
2: dames to be more honest and candid than the gentlemen?
0: No. I did not. Mm. I found them. I mean, actually, you know what? Again, uh, um, we're talking about our own perception of honest and candid because who knows what they held back. Mm-hmm. Um, but so um, um, uh, to, if, if we take them all at face value, um, then no. So, you know, one of the, I think, rawest um, of the interviews was actually Raul Esparza. Mm-hmm. Um, I think oh. that he, 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 I love that chapter because um, he's not afraid to talk about own how great he is and at the same time talk about his demons Mm. um and um yeah i I, I found them i found them equally open although i did have a preconceived notion that the women were going to be um more open and that was not true
2: and then for the sky book you don't have to give any names but was there anyone that you interviewed and after the interview you thought this was not this is not going to add anything to the book i'm going to have to walk away from this (laughs) We can always cut this out also. I'm just curious.
0: There isn't any person that I felt like, no, this is not going to add anything, but there are certainly stories or conversations. And as they're happening, you're going, oh, brother. (laughs) It's it's not that the person himself or herself is not interesting. It's that they've wandered off the reservation and they're on a story that, you know, and I never, ever, ever um, redirect when somebody's in the middle of a story, because you never know, Mm -hmm. they might be coming around to something that's going to prove relevant or there's going to be a sentence in there. And again, part of them feeling listened to um, so that they feel trusted is me not cutting them off. Um, So, but sometimes you, I will hear literally an hour's worth of material and the whole time I'm thinking none of this is making it it in the book, but...
3: That's how that goes. That is, that's showbiz, yeah. One of of our last
2: questions for you. So let's imagine that you've got this time machine and you can go back and you can talk to one of these wonderful guys that did not live long enough to be in the book. So you Mm -hmm. can pick one of them for us. And what do you really, really want to ask that one person? So let's imagine you get Robert Preston, the Ouija board gets him for two minutes. What's the one question you're going to ask him?
0: If I literally have a time machine, then i I think I would start by telling them about what Broadway is like now, and then say, John Rate perhaps more than Robert Preston, um, who you know, went from show to show to show and and had creators like Rogers and Hammerstein writing, you know things for him mm-hmm. um, uh, to be able to say that this is what it looks like now. What do you think of that?
2: So, Eddie, once again, the book is absolutely fantastic. Everyone, you need to have it on your bookshelves. It's called A Wonderful Guy. Uh, once again, click into our in- episode description, and you will be able to click a link and purchase the book for yourself or a loved one. Give it out to them as well. It's fantastic. Eddie, absolutely we can't wait fantastic. to see when the, the sequel to Nothing Like a Dame. Do you know what that's going to be called? Nothing Like I a Dame do. Part 2? What I'm is it?
0: Calling it? I'm calling it It Takes a Woman.
2: Lovely. Lovely.
0: Yeah, I couldn't. I, I, unfortunately, I was out of South Pacific song titles. Calling it Belly High wasn't going to get me anywhere. I thought about Happy Talk, but it wasn't specific enough. Right. So. I
2: understand. I understand. Eddie, when that book comes out, I hope you'll join us again.
0: Um, uh, if you'll have me again after this, I will show up. Please.
2: <laughs> we would love that. All right, everyone, go buy A Wonderful Guy It's Fantastic by the great Eddie Shapiro. Until next time, bye, everyone.
3: Bye, everyone. Thanks, Eddie.
1: Their advanced eye care duo brightens, awakens, and firms the skin around your eyes, while the golden glow body trio nourishes and smooths the skin all over. Both sets are packaged in giftable boxes. They're so beautiful you can skip the wrapping. And the best part? For a limited time, you can save up to $46 on Osea's sets. Plus, get free shipping. That's Mother's Day made easy. This Mother's Day, get 10% off your first order site-wide with code MOM at oseamalibu.com. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off site-wide.